Hello, thanks for tuning in. This is Dan. Welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast and my mini experimental series, Reflections from the Great Pause. This is episode five. If you've tuned in previously, you know the format. If you haven't, uh, this is a little experiment where I've sent five questions out to some friends and uh, uh, previous guests on the show and and other folks, and I've asked them uh, to send in... um, via audio the answers their answers to these five questions and those questions are where are you and who are you with what are you struggling with the most during these times have you started doing discovered always done something that's bringing you joy in these times what are you hoping could emerge from these times and finally what bits of getting back to normal do you hope will not return uh, and there was also an off uh, an offer to share anything uh that folks might want to and that's it and i've just been um uh, they've been coming in and they're beautiful uh just lovely reflections and observations and thoughts from people and i've had some really lovely feedback from people that are listening they're really enjoying them so um this was an experiment i wasn't quite sure what was going to come in and how to edit it up and i've ended up just like cutting them back to back stitching them together pretty much as they've come in um otherwise i was going to spend my life trying to edit them up so they're just raw from different people and i just set them up and off we go so i've had great joy from listening to these and um super insightful and i hope you enjoy listening to them too so first up is charlie gladstone now charlie is really the inspiration and responsible for this series of podcasts that I'm doing the great pause um Charlie is um a extremely creative and entrepreneurial human um and a couple of weeks ago I got an email from him he also he does many things which I'll talk to you briefly about but he uh, one of the things he does is he runs this great podcast called the Mavericks and a couple of weeks ago I got an email from him asking to contribute to a, a little experiment he was doing called um, Love in the Time of Coronavirus, and uh, it was a remote podcast. And I thought, brilliant. And I sent him some answers, and I've ended up on episode seven, I think, of his series. Um, but it's um, inspired me to do something similar, which was um, what we're listening to now. Uh, I met Charlie a few years ago um, at a an unconference called Murmurations in Chester that we were both speaking at and after that he invited me to come and talk at a festival he curates and designs and runs called um, The Good Life Experience uh, which is a pretty extraordinary festival Charlie has a ton of projects and ventures going on from holiday cabins and camping experiences to farm shops and cafes to publishing and editorial all kinds of stuff throughout sort of north wales and scotland um building out with his family which is a fantastic um inspiring way to develop enterprises and with local communities on the ground in these places so um i don't know where charlie gets his energy from um um, but he's yeah a very thoughtful considered um creative man who um has a lot of uh wisdom um, and is very, very kind. Yeah, check out Charlie. Check out his podcast, charliegladstone.com, the Mavericks podcast, and um, dive into all of his stuff. And if you get to go to the Good Life Experience, 
definitely go. Um, I've been asked to go and um, offer something at this year's event in September. I'm really looking forward to it. So thank you, Charlie, for everything that you do and for uh, the inspiration for this whole experiment. Let's cut now to Charlie Gladstone. Hey, Dan, it's Charlie Gladstone here. How are you? Thanks very much indeed for asking me to respond to your questions for your podcast. And, and thanks also for responding to my questions for my Love in the Time of Coronavirus podcast special edition. Um, my podcast is called Some Good Mavericks. And that special series has been hugely well received by people. I'm now on edition nine. And actually, I've got to say that your answers were some of the most moving and wonderful of the whole series. Anyway, thanks for riffing on that podcast, and I'm delighted to answer your questions. So where am I now and who am I with? Well, um, I'm in Wales. I am lucky enough to have a home and business here, and we're very much in the countryside. And I'm here with my wife, Caroline. We're about to celebrate our 32nd wedding anniversary in two days' time. And my four younger children. Three of those children actually work for us or with us full-time in various of our businesses. Two of them in London and one between Wales and Scotland. And the youngest one, Felix, who's 19, is working for us at the moment as he is not able to be at university. Unfortunately, we're not with our eldest son, Jack, nor are we with our granddaughter, who was born during the lockdown in East London and who we haven't yet met, uh, or with our daughter, India, who is with her husband in Derbyshire. But other than that, everything is good in our family. What are you struggling with most during these times? Well, I've got to tell you, I'm struggling most with Donald Trump. I am weirdly fascinated by his utter appallingness. He is the very definition of a really bad leader, as well as a clearly unwell and unpleasant man. And I simply can't believe that he's able to get away with what he's doing and what he's saying at the moment. I heard Malcolm Gladwell saying the other day that he didn't think that he would be re-elected, but I have this terrible, nagging fear that he will, in fact, be re-elected. Other than that, I'm really struggling with... I have these periods... My, my, I, I am fizzing with ideas at the moment. I think I've been forced through having to close a number of our businesses for the time being to come up with a whole load of, of reinventions and transformations for when this lockdown is over. We have uh, a festival, we have a pub, restaurant, cafes, shops, um, we run residential camps, we have holiday cottages, all of those businesses have been um, knocked out by this. And um, I'm seeing that as a real opportunity. And, and actually, I think my brain has gone into a sort of manic scramble of creativity, which, of course, is a good thing in some ways. But I just wish I could chill out just a little bit more. Are you doing something that's bringing you joy in these times? Uh, yes, I am. I'm doing lots of things that are bringing me joy. I'm really enjoying thinking about my businesses and how I can make them better. I'm loving as ever listening to loads of new music. Um, this has been a good opportunity for me to listen to music. I am struggling slightly with reading novels. I normally read at least one novel a week, but um, that isn't really working terribly well at the moment. But most of all, I'm just loving being with my family. 
in the countryside. No one can go anywhere. I mean, it's really weird, but it's really wonderful. What are you hoping could emerge from these extraordinary times? Well, I do hope that we will have a major rethink. And I have lots of hopes that... Um, I have lots of hope for things that will emerge from these extraordinary times. But the one thing that I think I'm thinking about particularly is I so hope that small high street businesses survive this and that after this we recognise their importance, not just the importance of small business and the importance of keeping people employed, but the vital community role that these small businesses provide. I'm particularly thinking of that role for older people who can wander out to the shops and chat to their friends and chat to strangers. And we're really in danger of losing that. And, and I fear that this may be the final nail in the coffin for many of those shops because despite the grants of taxpayers' money that are going to small businesses, the government don't really have any interest in supporting small business. And it's absolutely certain that local councils don't. So I'm just hoping that they will survive and that we will recognise their importance and will buy things from them. What bits of getting back to normal do you hope won't return? Well, I hope that we will reconsider slightly our relationship with rushing around. I mean, I'm a massive culprit in this. I think nothing of travelling on a train or in my car, albeit it is now an electric car, hundreds of miles, several times a week to have meetings. I wonder if we could just stay in one place a bit more and perhaps even use Zoom. I mean, I hadn't heard of Zoom three or four weeks ago, but, but have more meetings in that way and just reconsider our relationship with air travel. I mean, it's clear to me that air travel is not responsible for most carbon emissions, but I do think we need to perhaps wonder ourselves whether we really need to go to Jamaica for a holiday or the Philippines for a long weekend or whatever it is. Perhaps we can just reconsider that uh, a little bit. Um, a few things that I'd like to share with some of your listeners. Um, I'd love to tell them about our 50-50 project, which we launched at the beginning of this via our business the Good Life Experience, and also our Glendie Cabins and Cottages. Um, this is a project to try and employ 50 creative freelancers at full rates for 50 days on 50 different projects. We put out a call for applicants, and we actually had 650 at last count, so it's actually it's probably nearer 700 applicants. We're already working with 30 or 40 people. Um, it's been absolutely brilliant. You can find out details of that via the Glendie Cabins and Cottages website or the Good Life Experience website. Also, we have just launched a new website called Some Good Ideas, which is an entirely new and non-commercial place for real people to share real ideas. So you can have a look at that. Um, go to at some good ideas underscore on Instagram and follow everything from there. A song or a book or an action or words or a story. Um, best album of the moment. I mean, I, I am absolutely consumed by pop music. I have amassed over the course of my life something like 15,000 albums. The best album of the moment is Caribou's Suddenly 
Dan Snaith, who is effectively caribou, has emerged from being a, a very interesting but slightly underachieving electronic artist into making one of the best pop albums of the last several years. It's got a lovely blue cover and that sums up what's inside. It's a sunny, poppy, joyous, intelligent and original album that every song is great, but nothing is quite the same as the one that precedes it. Anyway, listen, that's it from me. I hope I haven't waffled on too long. Lots of love, Dan. Um, you're wonderful. What you're doing is wonderful. I hope everyone's well that's listening to this. See you soon. Bye. How's everyone getting on right now? Yesterday, for me, was quite tough. It was Monday, and it was a sort of back-to-home school after the school holidays, um, which is sort of a weird shift to make when you're all still in the same... Um, space but you're sort of shifting transitioning from sort of one vibe of holidayness to um, sort of a kind of inverted commas school vibe and you know there was sort of work you know more intentionally kicking work in and sort of feeling the need to be more productive and and it all got quite stressful actually in our house everyone sort of had their own sort of little meltdowns at times yesterday um, and I was reminded of that sort of you know, going back to normal thing, the kind of desire for kind of speed and multitasking and doing lots of things, um, ultimately really badly. Um, and really, I just wanted to get back into the garden again. Um, so it's interesting. That's something I'm really struggling with a little bit, thinking about that transitioning from that way of being, being able to be more present to sort of multiple things going on again. And is that really a good thing at all who knows my next offering is from jeff bowman now jeff is creative director at outdoor brand millican who um, create extraordinary bags for the conscious traveler uh, inspired by the restless spirit of the open road they're based up in uh, the lake district and the um, craft um, lifelong companions as they call them for the conscious traveler and deep thinker. Um, Jeff is a fascinating man, um, highly creative, uh, drives a lot of the, uh, the creative force and energy behind the Millican brand. He's an artist himself and a very deep, thoughtful, considered thinker. He's also the co-editor of two um, amazing uh, weighty books called uh one is the outsiders which i actually contributed an essay to and one uh, the great wide open which are available on gestalt uh, publishing i think um, well worth checking out if you're interested in that kind of um those intersections of sort of the natural world sort of outdoor exploration and creativity um so yeah, a lot of time for Jeff. Um, really, uh, really interesting chap. So let's cut now to Jeffrey Bowman from Millican. Hi Dan, Jeff here. Hope you're well, dude. Um, I'm just going to crack on with these answers. Hopefully they don't waffle, but here we go. I'm currently up in the Lake District in Braithwaite. I realise how fortunate I am right now to be living in the mountains. It means I'm able to get out on our daily exercise allowance to ride and run and walk in the hills. Always, always being safe, of course, not going up too high anymore. Um, 
and generally just feeling quite peaceful here. Now the tourists have all gone, um, you really get a sense of how grand and still the Lake District Mountains are. And I'm on lockdown with my girlfriend Cozy and um, our dog Loki the Shiba Inu, who is absolutely loving this right now because he gets us both around full time, plenty of attention and fun and games. So I think uh, the dogs are definitely benefiting right now. Question two. Um, I think at the moment I'm struggling as time's gone on with a sense of certain uncertainty. Um, the longer this pushes out, the more uncertain my future and a lot of our futures seem to be. Um, and originally I was kind of concerned with, or not concerned, but struggling with the daily fluctuations in extreme anxiety to then extreme hope. And that was because there was a lot of energy around unfortunately having to pause Millican, the brand that I work for, and everything that that brought with it. Um, but then I've kind of settled down, everything's kind of calmed down, and then now I'm starting to work through some of the bigger questions which have no answers. And that's where I guess the sense of uncertainty comes from. And it's certain that it's very uncertain right now for a lot of us. So I do really... Um, struggle with that at the moment but I'm trying to keep it pushed a little bit away and not get too involved as the bigger more philosophical questions do really keep you awake at night and of course I think I'm really struggling with a sense of how to help in this situation beyond being in inside and um, that's a real challenge um, I think Question three. So at the moment, I am really putting a lot of energy into creative projects. I've, I am the creative director at Millican, um, and that job is very much about strategy and marketing and numbers and figures, and it is paired up with a lot of creative work but it's definitely got a lot more focus and commercial output whereas at the moment I'm just able to make work that I've always wanted to make and try experiment um, so I'm doing a lot of painting based on my emotions and feelings on Lake District and I've also just picked up a potter's wheel from a friend um, and having a go at that something I've always dabbled with but never really fully had the time to immerse myself in and then just general pottering about and hanging out really I guess it's bringing a lot of joy in that way is that it's this sense of slowing down and really reconnecting with everything that I am and who I am but also with my partner and just really spending good time together um, I think that's bringing us a lot of joy and happiness whilst there's a lot of negativity and uncertain things going on out in the world and other people are really unfortunate to be able to do what we're doing right now. So I feel very blessed, I guess, to be in this position. Question four. 
hopefully what can emerge from this whole situation is one our appreciation or underappreciation for vital services and key workers i think that's been the case for a lot of years and it's really shown how people who keep the country going in an emergency are the ones that can step to the forefront when these things are going i think wider than that a general appreciation for community and other humans i've definitely spoke to a lot more of my neighbors and people around here um, and checking in on people um, and friends i think the the amount of zooms and skype calls and pub quizzes i've done is is enough some days but actually it's been so so positive i guess to really reconnect with friends that perhaps you don't speak to as much as you should. So hopefully it'll bring a sense of community and closeness um, and humanity to everybody. And then I think third, from the point of view of my job and company at Millican is hopefully it makes people value that they can get by with less. And this idea of capitalism and consumerism I think the structure seems to be crumbling a little bit, but it's being held up always by the idea of economy and purchasing and buying. And the more we're held away from that and withdrawn from that, there becomes a shift in understanding what, how to value product um, and the things in your own home how we can be creative in solving little problems like, you know, building a fence, not being able to go to B&Q to buy the wood, but perhaps ripping up a few old pallets or things that you might have laying around to do that, you know, improvising. Um, and that's just a project I'm actually working on. But um, I think and I hope that this mindset will be a bit more permanent or at least semi-permanent and some things we hold on to moving forward the value of products and items and our own money and currency and hopefully the currency is all about people after this question five i really hope that what doesn't return from this situation is the rush and immediacy of everything that we do. I realise that we're always in such a rush and that brings a lot of anxiety and stress and everything's driven by numbers and figures and hopefully what doesn't return is this overriding sense of needing to achieve and actually giving everything the time it takes to come come to end or come to fruition, I don't know. Um, the kind of idea that this kind of tuned in, switched on like world that we're in, consumer world, I hope that doesn't come back in the same in the same way. And that we rethink and give ourselves the opportunity to rethink about how we're self-sufficient and perhaps looking at our country as a as a whole and as a collective 
of other countries across the globe, how we can be self-reliant but self-supportive and also collectively work together. I really do hope that that doesn't, that this sense of individualism disappears or doesn't come with us, but we'll see. Um, and for my final thing, something that I want to share is a little reading from a book called Active Hope, and it's just a little passage from a lady called Rebecca Solnit in her book, what's well, quoted in the book, A Paradise Built in Hell. And she kind of reflects some of the things I've been saying, and this book has been very helpful, um, Active Hope, in the last three weeks. So I'll just read this. That sense of immersion in the moment and solidarity with others caused by a rupture in everyday life, an emotion graver than happiness but deeply positive. We don't even have a language for this emotion, in which the wonderful comes wrapped in the terrible, joy and sorrow, courage and fear. We cannot welcome disaster, but we can value the responses, both practical and psychological. Disaster provide Disasters provide an extraordinary window into social desire and possibility. Cool, thanks. I had some uh, very exciting news from my uh, greenhouse uh, this morning uh, on uh, having a little sneak uh, look around and watering um, the, uh, the young plants and seedlings. I noticed a couple of melon uh, seedlings popping up through the soil. Melons! Can you believe it? I couldn't. So yes, cultivating, well at least attempting to cultivate some melons, which is all rather exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just, uh, I think I said in another episode, I've dabbled a lot with uh, bits of veg growing and stuff at home, but um, I've really found... I think I've always known that, but I've really found the um, um, the, the practice of, of messing around with uh, growing uh, plants and vegetables to be um, extraordinarily good for the old anxiety levels, for bringing them down. Um, and uh, yeah, so I highly recommend, um, if you can, growing some stuff, even if you've just got a box on a window or anything. Uh, a lot of medicine, I think, in um, in getting back, in getting back into uh, the soil and the land and the growing of food, um, even if it's at a tiny scale. I think it could be um, hugely healing. Um, and can you imagine if actually we had governments and local governments that decided to invest in that kind of stuff. Um, sod the HS2s. Like, who needs speed? Why are we investing in? faster ways of moving around i think we've just shown that we really don't need that anymore at all um, imagine massive investments into local food growing infrastructure community greenhouse spaces um, all that kind of stuff imagine that and uh, investing in the growing of local food systems to create that kind of resilience and connection in communities and that could be marvelous that's the kind of um that's the kind of stuff i would love to see emerge from all of this Anyway, moving on. So uh, the next offering today is from a previous guest um, and it's uh, Louise Middleton, the um, founder of the Kudvar project in North Cornwall. Um, 
That's my dog, Gem. I think telling me she wants to go for a walk. Um, so um, Louise is... <laughs> this isn't going to work, is it? I might have to cut and come back to this one. Thanks, Gem. So Louise is the visionary behind the Kudvar project in North Cornwall. It's, um, it's this extraordinary place that's um, a series of sort of architectural hideouts built into this abandoned 45-acre quarry which overlooks the North Cornish coast. And um, it's this incredible landscape, really, that um, somehow um, encourages you to unravel and um, challenge yourself and, I think, to be more creative. Um, and she's doing all kinds of interesting things down there, obviously providing spaces for people to come and disconnect to kind of um, maybe ask some uh, some bigger questions about themselves and maybe to notice more uh, life around them. But um, Louise is a total visionary. Um, you can check out the full conversation I had with her in a previous episode last year. Um, but like many um, uh, other owners of small businesses, she's had to shut down everything over these weeks and deal with all of the complexity of that. Um, but yeah, Louise is, um, yeah, just, as I said, just this great visionary, just kind of sees things and notices things, um, uh, well ahead, I think, and, uh, is very in touch, I think, with, um, what is maybe being called for in these times and what is being asked of us as particularly those of us, which is probably anyone that's actually locked in at home, um, right now, probably all have some sense of responsibility really to be in that position about what happens next um so check out kudvar uh, and check out louise and if you're planning on on heading down to north cornwall or anytime you should definitely try and get yourself a, a night or two in a kudvar quite an experience um but let's um let's hear from uh, louise middleton um founder of kudvar Hi, Dan. Um, yes, I feel really privileged to answer your questions, um, which are all really interesting. And I hope that they push out some um, good content for your podcast. I've listened to a few this morning and really enjoyed them. Um, so, yeah, I hope that you're good during this lockdown, this insane time on planet Earth. Um, and, yeah, I'm just going to start with answering your first question. Where are you now and who are you with? I have three boys, but they went off to their dads before lockdown. And my elder son, Hunter... Um, was very ill last year with a respiratory problem. He's nice and big and healthy now. He's 15 and I've got twins at 12. Um, so yeah, he stayed with his dad. So I haven't seen my children for three weeks now. Um, but my quarantine, hashtag quarantine, um, is Marcus, my boyfriend, um, who I'm really enjoying being with. Um, we've been listening to lots of reggae and lying in the sunshine 
and having a few beers occasionally, and planting gardens and seeds uh, and helping him at his place. And um, a very good friend of mine, who is, she photographs lost nomadic tribes, Kat Vinton, um, was at Kudva before the lockdown. So she is staying in K1 and looking after it for me. Um, so I haven't actually been at Kudva, uh, which has been amazing. And at the same time, I miss it because it's the most incredible place, heaven on earth for me. But I think it's really great that I miss it. Um, and I miss looking at the sea. Really fortunate to be able to see that. I've noticed that all the bumblebees are massive this year. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking that nature is enjoying this time and having time to breathe and that feels incredible and one of the good things that's coming out of this pandemic, worldwide pandemic. Um, yeah, the question, what are you struggling with the most during these times? Uh, I had this sense of trying to remain calm when everything happened. Um, for Kudva and my business, there was quite a lot of finance at stake. Uh, and I tried not to be knee-jerk, have a knee-jerk reaction to everything. Because um, maybe, just maybe, I'm old enough and wise enough to know to stay calm. And I just had to sit really in silence for a while. I did actually ring you up, Dan. You were one of the first people I wanted to get an inside line and um, try and kind of look around the edges of what's happening. I am a great believer in not believing what the media say. Um, and I didn't come to you specifically for that, but I came to you because I know that you're really progressive and, you know, you talk about emerging futures and I'm always trying to be in that space. Um, so yeah, I tried not to have a knee-jerk reaction, but what came up for me massively uh, was this, sort of catastrophe happening worldwide, which I still can't get my head around, although I have many friends that are dotted about planet Earth at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I felt like this, a sort of excitement, strangely, and I've talked to a few friends who felt the same thing, and a real nervousness which I don't normally feel uh, sort of like being a teenager before running a race that was really important like a sprint that nervousness before where you know you've got to do it and you kind of don't want to do it but you've got to do it and you know that you've got it in you to finish the race or perhaps win 
um, and you know ultimately that you've got to give it your best go. And it feels like that. It's a really strong feeling for me because I did lots of running and sprinting at school um, and sometimes a parent's day. <laughs> uh, so it's that feeling of of nervousness. Like, can I, can I pull together my resources and my intention and my bravery and help towards an incredible future, which I think we've just been given the chance to do. And how, how do we do that? And who with? And um, yeah, it's that nervousness of maybe we won't, maybe we'll, we'll just go back to how we were before and it's we need to change it's not working in many many ways so there's a really strong sense of that and i'm trying to find my way through that so one of the first things that i did apart from steadying up my business um, was to write a really solid personal inventory um, and to try and be really honest about that. Um, so one of your next questions, have you started doing, discovered, always done something that is bringing you joy in these times? Uh, I'm really bad at gardening even though I have this massive piece of land that I'm custodian of and, you know, I can chainsaw and I can move big bits of earth and land around and I love plants and nature in its pure wilderness and I've got a rough idea of land management, sustainability. Um, I've got a really strong understanding of how things grow in nature, but I'm really bad at keeping plants alive at home. And uh, my partner, he's got an incredible polytunnel and has taught me how to plant seeds. And we just planted lots of seeds, which I've seen grow. And it was an epiphany for me that I need to plant food at Kudvar, it's like absolutely essential to be growing your own food. And it's the one thing that I don't do, um, just in case this happens again. Uh, you know, because I think in these times, we need to be off grid if we can, fully sustainable if we can, um, independent if we can and growing is one way to do it and I've spoken to a lot of friends as well and we've spoken to our next door neighbours at Kudva who are awesome and they're really up for sharing a polytunnel with us and sharing the work um, so that is the top of my inventory it's absolutely yeah number one is making a garden 
I'm planting a garden for food so that I can eat really great things. Um, and something that I have always enjoyed doing is listening to reggae. It's uh, definitely got me through. Um, and I've been making some red, gold and green reggae shrines. And put the speakers out in the garden and just been playing some really great old records and remembering uh, how important music is. Uh, and then what are you hoping could emerge from these extraordinary times? Uh, I think we need to be asking the right questions. We need to be pooling the right people. We all need to upgrade our mindset. We need to be putting in a big cooking pot full of bright ideas um, and pushing them out into the world. For, for me and for my business, I had a really strong sense that what I was doing, what I'm doing is the right thing to be doing. It's completely in the right place. Um, looking after a big bit of wilderness and maintaining it, land managing it and uh, creating small architectural living spaces for people to experience so that they can experience a different feeling than perhaps being in their homes and start thinking outside of the box a bit more. So that kind of joins up with my feeling feeling nervous. Can I do this? Can I can I push further with what I know? Um, so yeah, we're looking at new buildings, new architectural spaces for live working um, that are fully sustainable with really high grade renewables and places where you can live and think very clearly, progressively and in tune with nature. So uh, that's what we're going to do. And I've been doing my own sort of research in terms of our financial markets and our government setups. And I would really love to do a course that you tutor on. That's on my list as well, my personal inventory, emerging features at Schumacher. I'd love to be doing that and just upgrading a bit. And I notice just on a personal level, um, yeah, what an amazing sense of community there is and how many wonderful friends uh, I've got and how kind people can be 
And I really trust in human nature. Um, And that's what's going to get us through a kindness and stripping back and not being so greedy and needy and, um, yeah, making do and mending and looking after what we have um, emotionally and practically and physically. Um, So, last question. What bit of getting back to normal do you hope will not return? Mm. I'd love to see people being a little bit more elevated and slow, I guess, living slower lives and being more considered about what they buy. You know, we are in Europe just major consumers And we need to think really carefully about where we buy our food and where we buy our products. And I think in this time, people have been cooking a lot, slow living. Food is major. And it's definitely on my list. I don't buy really well because I'm always in a rush I spend more money than I should because I'm in a rush so trimming that down would be incredible and I think maybe people will do that and I'd like to think that people will question their governments and question the reality that's pushed out on TV. The revolution will not be televised, as Jill Scott Heron says, and it's true. And I would like to think that we become closer to our communities and families instead of more distant from them. Uh, So I don't know if I answered that very well, but yeah, I'm just speaking off the top of my head, really. Uh, But I hope that we change. We need to change. We need to be smart. Smarter. And we are, we are clever. And we need to be really creative, actually, in order to creatively problem solve. And, yeah, to knock down old paradigms that don't work and to build new ones 
and anything that I can do to be involved in those edges. Um, I will push for. I've got a newsletter, actually, that we sent out from Kudva. I spent, I don't know, a week on it, I think. And it's got all my favourite podcasts, which include yours, Dan. And a playlist that I made, quarantine playlist that I made. And lots of producers in terms of goods that are local, that I love, that are sustainable, organic, home-produced, British-made. So if any of you want to have a look at that, you're very welcome. Uh, Yeah, it's got a lot of information and a lot of click links, and I think it's a good read and sort of process-driven, lots of processing ideas from me, how I process my work. And it's got my personal inventory, my list um, on it, which is quite long, including changing my driver's license to the address that I'm living at now. Um, But I wanted to share with you something that I've been listening to a lot. I've been listening to a lot of Alan Watts as well as reggae. And I don't know if this is legal or not, but I'm going to play you. Uh, the recording on my computer now. I hope you can hear it. The Hebrews have a, a term which they call the Yetzer Hara, Y-E-Z-E-R-H-A-R-A, which means the wayward inclination, or what I like to call the element of irreducible rascality that God put into all human beings and put it there because it was a good thing. It was good for humans to have these two elements in them. And so uh, a a truly human-hearted person is a gentleman with a slight touch of rascality, just as one has to have salt in a stew. So, Dan, to finish off, I think that's what we need. Percentage, probably 15% of rascality, uh, so that we can push forward and we can make changes and we are brave and we're not scared to make change and to hiccup the system a bit. Uh, Yeah. I think that's really important, just that slight rebellious nature. And that's definitely come on strong for me. I, after week one of this lockdown, because I was feeling a bit defeated, I suppose, I suddenly had this really strong urge not to give up. And it came in really strong. And that's what I decided. I remembered that I won't give up. And that I need that bit of rascality in me and that it's quite strong, the rebellious nature. So I hope that um, this helps and 
I hope it's an interesting listen and send love to everyone listening and love to you and your family and yeah let's see what we can do let's see what we can dream up let's see what we can conjure let's use our smartness and rascality and our skills to change for the better right i'm going to call it there for this episode but i'm going to finish with a track um Charlie Gladstone finished his offering with a, a recommendation uh, of the new Caribou album, Suddenly. And uh, I'm going to finish with a track on that album called Home, which feels quite relevant uh, for where we're at these days. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace and out. Yeah, she's going home Baby, I'm home